I'm Sharna Bobi, and this is a series about the stories of art makers, curators, and influencers who inspire thoughtful perspectives on the world around us. I'm passionate about how art can stimulate open-minded conversation, and I hope these episodes challenge you to see the world in new ways. Now, before we start, subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. And if you love this podcast, rate and leave a comment. Adelaide Demois is a British artist of Ghanaian descent with a compelling body of work exploring themes of color, race, and gender. Before dedicating herself to being a full-time artist, Adelaide worked in the pharmaceutical industry, specializing in a range of therapeutic solutions. After dealing with the chronic pain of endometriosis, she decided to dedicate her time to developing as an artist. Adelaide cites her main influences as Judy Chicago, Jean-Michel Basquiat, David Hammond, Eve Klein, Sakari Douglas Camp, Rachel Ara, and Anna Mendieta. I met with Adelaide during her solo exhibition called Genesis, which was on view in London in October earlier this year. Adelaide took me through the show and shared about her journey as an artist. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of In Studio. Today I'm here with Adelaide Damois. And uh, we're here um, at her exhibition, her solo exhibition, the Genesis, in Bloomsbury. Um, welcome, and thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, thank you for being here. Yeah, so I've, I've recently been traveling back and forth to Ghana quite a bit, um, in, uh, partly because of I, I had a project last year, but also because um, I really wanted to try and um, learn more about my where I come from, uh, going about and more about my history and culture, but also to reconnect with family in that kind of way. And part of that process has involved me researching and trying to find old photographs. I'm obsessed with old photographs anyway, okay. but um, I was particularly interested in finding old photos of my grandmother because I was named after her. We share the same birthday, and she died around 20 years ago or so, coming up to 20 years ago. Okay. And um, in that process of kind of scavenging through my grandparents' house, my mum found this photo of my, my great-grandmother holding my grandmother. Um, and I, I just got obsessed with the photo. I got obsessed, I think, because firstly, she's a really striking lady, really, really beautiful. She's got the most amazing bone structure. But also because the image itself um, is reminiscent to me anyway of almost a religious, a religious iconography like um, a Mother Mary holding baby Jesus or something except it's, it's a black woman holding a black female child um, so yeah it's, I just am completely in love with the image so I've used it in lots of other works as well and um, here I guess I've been using it over and over again in an attempt to try to get to know her, in an attempt to reach into the past. I'm also very interested in um, Britain's colonial relationship with Africa, and very specifically Ghana. Mm -hmm. So all of those things are coming into this. But for me, on a personal level, level, I named it the rebirth because every time I use her image, she is in effect being born again into a different 
paradigm or something. Tell us a little bit more about the materials that you've chosen to use in this piece and um, a little bit more even about the process, like you were explaining earlier. So this, the, the work is on canvas and I've basically I've got a roll of canvas and cut them into strips. So there are eight strips that are exactly the same size, they're all stitched together. Um, and I worked on each strip separately or panel, worked on, on each panel separately. And the process involved um, dyeing the, each panel with um, a black acrylic dye and blue. So I'd, I'd start off with blue, let it dry, and then I would use black. And that was just because I quite like the kind of depth of colour and the different variations in colour that I got when I used that. And, but I still wanted it to be quite black. So uh, in terms of, in terms of the, the image itself, I printed the image using a laser printer onto um, very thin black paper and then uh, I, I kind of tore each sheet of paper into sections so that I could get these individual small photos uh, and, and then I use uh, an acrylic gel medium and gold paint so there are some places where you can see um, it's the image looks kind of gold and there are other places where it looks more black there are other places where it's just completely black and you can barely see the image. Um, and there are other places where you can't see the image at all. Um, and it, it's not a simple process of just sticking the image. It's, I wouldn't call it necessarily a collage, but it is kind of a craft technique in that what you do is after you print the image, you place it upside down, so the, the print side onto the surface side. Uh, using the acrylic gel medium and gold paint if you want that side to be gold let it dry for uh, around 12 hours so overnight and then come back and when it's completely dry then I use uh, water and uh, like a small cloth and just rub until you get these kind of balls of black paper and they kind of roll off and then the image is revealed underneath it's kind of it looks like magic wow uh, it's, it's a really lovely process but it's a very very labour-intensive and long process, hence why the whole piece took uh, three and a half to four months, something like that, to complete. Wow. And that's because like every day, every single day in the studio, that, that was all I was doing <laughs> while I was making this piece. It's stunning. Thank you. I'm looking at the image and it really comes across. So in the image, what is she doing? She's just holding, so my, my grandma's sitting on her lap and she's just holding her and she's staring at the camera and I think that there was a time when people in Ghana used to do a lot of studio photography mm -hmm. so you would have your family photographs taken at a, in a really very professional setting um, and had a very stern face, very serious face and yeah I, I don't really understand or know the context of why that photo was taken but I suspect it's just one of those kind of events where they they book a, a photographer to kind of capture and document the family in a way and so the baby that she's carrying is that your mom my grandma, grandma your grandma yeah. okay okay so that was 1920 if wow. it was my mom that would make my mom almost 100 years old <laughs> <laughs> good point <laughs> obi obi newa ofrewa abuabi if someone doesn't know you, he may call you a beast. Oh, we knew uh, a friend about it. Okay, okay. Wow, wow. <laughs> I'll tell you why. <laughs> uh, uh, it's because of Aya, actually, that I called it this. 
Really? Because Io came to my studio and he looked at it and he said, it looks like an orgy. And I said, only somebody who doesn't know me would say that. Uh... <laughs> so then when I saw this proverb, I said, okay, this is what I, this is, this is Io's one. This yeah. has to be called that. It's such a beautiful piece. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so is this similar to the other work as well? I mean, you said this is a, this is a handmade paper, right? Yes. So this, it was handmade in India. Um, so I, I get all my papers from a shop in Hackney called Atlantis Supplies. Mm -hmm. And so they get these papers from um, India and they use uh, handmade cotton rag paper, which is basically made from recycled cotton, which I just really love the fact that it's made from recycled things. Um, and the, the process that they have to go through to make it, it takes a long time. And, um, and I just really love the, the paper, I love the effect, um, the way that it looks, the edges, everything, I think it's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's why I like that paper. The majority of my practice is centred around body printing. Mm -hmm. And with these specific uh, works, I've used a very different technique for body printing than what I've used previously. Mm -hmm. In that, uh, previously I was using paint very directly on my body and then printing the work that way. With these, instead of using paint, inspired by David Hammonds, who's an African-American artist, he's got a whole series of body print works where he used margarine, covered his body in margarine, did the body print, shook on the dry pigment, shakes it off, and then sets it. For me, I really wanted to use sheer butter originally, because obviously it's from Ghana, but when I tried it with sheer butter, it just didn't, the process did, just didn't work very well. So I tried so many different things. I landed with petroleum jelly or Vaseline and that worked the best. So the process is um, whatever body parts I'm using, I use Vaseline, to place the, the prints in the, the configuration that I want them to appear, then use dry pigment, paint pigment, and kind of shake it on, oh. shake it off, um, and then um, set it with setting spray. But the, the beginning process, the beginning part of the process which I missed is actually the dyeing of the paper, which is really important. Um, so I don't paint the paper, I soak the paper for 10 or 15 minutes and then I lay it down flat on the floor and then I use um, acrylic ink, black acrylic ink. Sometimes I mix in some other colours. With this particular one I think I used a little bit of blue first and then the black acrylic ink and then I left it to dry overnight before beginning the process of the, of the body printing work. So it really takes time for the work to set before you move yeah. on to the next stage? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk now about the general idea for the series, the, the, this exhibition, Genesis. What, what is Genesis to you? So I started the, the, this idea or this way of working in terms of using my body um, around two and a half years ago. And um, it, it got to a point when I decided that I was going to make work for this show uh, that I wanted to explore this different technique, this kind of David Hammond's technique. So in that process of experimenting, which is what I was doing when I started making this work, I felt like this was the beginning of something new. This was like a, a, a new journey for me. And so that felt like Genesis, the definition of the word Genesis, right? So then in that process also of deciding to do that piece, The Rebirth of Amma, mm -hmm. because of the fact that it, it also reminded me of 
um, uh, religious iconography, and that got me thinking about the history of religion and Christianity, the history of um, religion specifically in Ghana, the history of religion in Africa, full stop, um, and the kind of development of Christianity from what it was to what, where it is now, which is something different to what we see in, in the West. So all of these things I was thinking about it really made sense to call it Genesis, because just the way that I was thinking about my personal journey as well, my family's personal journey, which all, all of those things are deeply entwined in my work. And then on top of that, uh, three, maybe three, four years ago, I found this really old Bible uh, at my studio complex, which are the works over there. Um, and that, that Bible is literally from the 1800s, it's a John Brown Bible, yeah. <laughs> And I knew that I wanted to do something with that Bible because it was falling apart. It's such a beautiful thing, but it was completely falling apart because it was so old. And I didn't know what, so I just kept it in the studio. Then when I decided to call this work Genesis, and I knew that I'd started to really quite deeply research the history of Christianity as well, just for myself, uh, I knew that it made sense to call it Genesis and to incorporate the use of the Bible pages as well. So now let's talk about your journey in the arts, um, how you found yourself creating art, why you decided to be an artist, and some of the challenges and also triumphs you've had along the way. Did you grow up in a family of artists? What, what made you, what was your first experience with art? So the first experience that, with art that I can remember where I knew that this thing was called art. Mm -hmm. I was probably 14 or 15 and I uh, was at secondary school and we went, yeah, we were, dis we were researching Frida Kahlo and so she was the first artist that I really fell in love with and we went on a school trip to a gallery in central London, I, I think it was the National Gallery but I'm not sure. There was a big exhibition called the Day of the Dead, Mexican Day of the Dead exhibition okay. and they were exploring a lot of Frida Kahlo's work. And I completely fell in love with her work then. And I remember we did a project called This Is, uh, how do they call it again? Um, this Is Me or My Life, something like that. And what they asked us to do was to look at the way that Frida Kahlo expressed herself in that she was using art to punctuate different things that ha were happening to her in her life. Mm -hmm. like, um, always expressing herself very honestly, you can read her biology, her biography through her, her art, right? So that was the point of the project. And um, the piece that I produced at the end was just very angsty self, teen angsty self-portrait with a crying eye and forehead. It was quite pathetic. <laughs> at the time, I thought it was a work of genius. So that was my first real experience. And after that, I, every because of that experience and because of that project, um, any time something happened to me, whether it was emotional or physical something, I would always retreat back to the, uh, the work because it, was, it became uh, like a comfort thing. Because I, in, in that moment of making that work, uh, I suppose it was like an art therapy kind of thing. So when I realised the power of art in that way, then I started to use that going forward and I've used it since then. You know, even though I didn't pursue art going forward, that's what I continued to do naturally. And then from there, you later on went to study uh, and work in pharmaceuticals, yeah. right? How, what happened in that time that made you find your way back to art? 
So in that time I was diagnosed with endometriosis when I was, how old was I? I was probably about 21, 22. Yeah. And up until that point I had been experiencing a lot of pain. I was in and out of hospital. Nobody knew what was going on. So I finally got my diagnosis because I was working ironically in a pharmaceutical company where we had private medical cover and um, and so I was I was able to privately see a doctor, a, a gynecologist, a specialist gynecologist, and that's when I got my diagnosis. Um, yeah, so every time I was sick, sometimes I'd be I'd be off work for five months at a time. Sometimes, and wow. um, I had to have various procedures. And every time I was off work, it gave me the opportunity to really explore my practice and teach myself to oil paint because I, I didn't go on to um, A-level or university to study art so I was starting from scratch, GCSE is, is like it doesn't teach you anything really. Um, so because I kept on retreating back to that, I kept on going back to it, it got to a point in 2005, by the time it got to 2005 I've had a few years of doing this and people then started to offer me money for the work. And it was at that point that it had come to a point where I, I'd had so much time sick and every single time I got a promotion at work, while I was working, I was doing really well, I was getting promotion after promotion. But um, every single time when the stress started to mount up, the sickness would knock me down. And then I would go back to the art. So I just, it got to a point where I had to accept that my body did not want me to do that job. Mm-hmm. And um, then it made sense when people started offering me money for the artwork to pursue that as a as a potential future. But obviously, it was it was never going to be. I was never going to just be able to um, start making lots of money to support myself straight away. So I had to be. I had to kind of think outside of the box in order to continue to support myself working from home once I'd left the pharmaceutical industry. With your experience with you know, being ill and having your body you know, be sick, is that connected to you how you use your body for your work as well? No one's asked me that before. Very good question. <laughs> no one's actually asked me that before. But yeah, I think so. In, in, it, possibly in an, in an unconscious way. Um, and I have made work before that has looked where I've used my body and someone's looked at it and said that looks like a womb and that wasn't my intention. But I think there are any artist, there are always going to be unintentional subconscious things that are coming out in the work, especially when you work in an intuitive way like I do. Um, But I I think definitely um, there's always a struggle for me. I'm constantly struggling to maintain control over my own body. So whether that's exercising lots, trying to think about what I eat, um, generally looking after myself as much as I can and just constantly being conscious of that. So in that body awareness is required in making this kind of work. Mm-hmm. You have to have an awareness of how you're moving your body. So I do a lot of yoga. Um, yeah, so I think there's, there's definitely a connection. Mm-hmm. So we're standing here in front of some antique Bible pages, correct? Yes. What's the story behind these? Okay, so I, I found this very old Bible at my studio complex, Thameside Studios in Woolwich. I found it three, four years ago, and um, the it's a really, really beautiful Bible. That, that's the cover over there. That's oh, the yes. cover there. Um, 
and it was just completely falling apart. I knew that I wanted to do something with it, but at the time I had no idea what I was going to do, so I just kept it to the side. And then when I started making this series, and I knew that it was going to be called Genesis, mm -hmm. and plus I knew that I was investigating the history of Christianity mm -hmm. in my family, it made sense to use the Bible pages. So I used the whole of the book of Genesis, some, plus some of the other pages, but all of them are not here. There are 31 pages in total, but wow. we haven't, we, there were not enough space to put everything here. Yeah. And what are these images that you've printed on the works? So I've used my hands and my face to to do the, the, the prints, and then I've, I have kind of gone round them with a 24 karat gold leaf. Wow. You can actually read the, the, the yeah. Bible verses in here. Yeah. Genesis. That one is Genesis 37. Right. Amazing. Thank you. The cover is beautiful. Thanks. Ah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, do you have anything else you'd like to share about yourself and your practice and, and where you are now at this stage having done this show? Yeah, I mean, where I am now is really thanks to a number of people. Um, firstly, I have to say that I have had a patron for a couple of years who has been a godsend. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been able to be working on this full time. And he helped to financially support this show as well. Um, and then uh, secondly, there's a lady called Katrina Alexa, who I met her in January of last year while I was, I was doing another interview. Actually, she happened to be there because she was working with that artist. His name is Robbie Walters. Um, we got talking and um, she looked at my work and said I would like to have a conversation with you. turns out that she founded this organisation called AWITA, Association of Women in the Arts, which you should really join, to be honest. <laughs> it's an amazing network of females in the art world for, at the, for some of the very highest levels in the art world. Um, and Katrina then introduced me to this amazing lady called Maureen Tangi, and Maureen Tangi is the founder of MT Art, which is the first artist agency in the world. She's a phenomenal lady, and um, she's been representing me since. So, uh, Maureen Tangi has been representing me since April of this year, and since I've been working with her, my career has gone from gone up in leaps and bounds, um, and that's in a really short space of time. So, yeah, this show wouldn't have been happening if not for those people. My patron, Maureen and Katrina are the dream team. Amazing. Yes. Well, thank you to everyone that's been supporting you so far. Thank you. I'm really excited about this show. I think it works out beautiful. Thank They're you stunning. so much. Thank and, you. Um, yeah, I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>